Part 1 by Soisa and His Tale Chapter 1 Ravanchalat Grandfather, look at the colors. There are so many, I said as we sat huddled together under the warm fur blanket. Have there ever been so many before? Grandfather and I often watch Ravanchalat, the northern lights, on these long, cold winter evenings. He seemed to possess a special interest, never tiring of the fanciful dancing rays. Each time they came, we would take the sleigh to the top of a sheltered hill near our home and sit together. Greens and yellows would wash across the sky in swirling ribbons of color, casting a glow as bright as the moon about the freshly fallen snow. Shadows tumbled over our worn sleigh from the tall, thin pines that stood like guardians around our special perch. This night the air was crisp, like a fresh fall apple on a cool autumn day. No, I don't believe they have been this bright before, my grandfather finally replied. At least not for a very long while. It is a special time on the mountain. For that is where the lights appeared to spring from, although they were above and all around Corventunturi, our treeless mountain. Red and orange rays bathed the hills in a shroud that rose like fog from a morning lake. It is a memorable night on Corventunturi, he repeated, with a far-off look in his eyes that made me feel as if he were leaving me. I grabbed his sleeve and squeezed tightly. The truth was my grandfather was leaving me, or I him. When the spring thaw came and daylight returned to our dark world, it would be time for me to leave my Isoisa. Although he was more than that, he was really my papa, my Isa, at least the only one I had ever known. My parents had both died when I was very young, Isoisa never talked about it. Once I asked him, but he did not answer, turning away instead to stare out our small cabin window. When he finally faced me, a river of tears flowed through the canyons of aging lines that graced his face. His deep blue eyes were streaked in red. He bent and hugged me closely. Nira Castasina, he managed to say. They loved you. It was the last time I was to ask. My grandmother's fate was another matter, as I was old enough to remember her passing. We were all each other had, but that had been enough. Now even that would be taken away. Grandfather was getting older and worried about what would happen to me when he was gone. I was only 10, but felt sure that I could take care of myself, no matter what happened. Grandfather thought otherwise. He had found relatives in America, a young couple who had no children of their own. I was to go there to be their only child. While I loved my grandfather, his decision had created much anger and confusion for me. That was in the spring, however, and in Finland, spring might not come for several months. Grandfather and I still had many nights together to watch the brilliant Ravanchalet. 
I had heard the legend. It was said that a fox with his big bushy tail ran through the mountains, swishing snow, sending sparks of frost high into the air, creating this heavenly display. My grandfather never told this tale. He simply said they were a mystery. Imtella. Tonight they were so bright and magnificent that I had to ask him again. Please, Isoisa, please, where did the Ravanchulet come from? Can we go there? I've heard that if you travel far enough, you will find the lights. Again, his eyes took on a far-off look. My grandfather was a quiet man whose life had not been easy. All that we had, he had built. He was not tall, but strong and solid. His arms and shoulders were thick from years of hard work. I shook his arm to ask once more if we could find the northern lights. We must go inside, Nicholas, he replied with an unknown urgency. It is cold out here, and I have something very important that I must do. Why must it always be your way, Grandfather? I snapped. You want me to leave, and then I will never get to go. I ran from the sleigh into the cabin, slamming the door behind me. My favorite spot was next to our fireplace. As I stormed into the cabin, I sought it out, curling up with my knees beneath my chin. Why won't he let me? Why won't he take me to the Ravanchelet? I wondered. Today of all days should have been the time. It had already been one of the most memorable days of my life. We had traveled into the village for our supplies. While we were at the store, the man behind the counter pulled out a magical box. He called it a radio. From inside this hard black box, a cold voice floated. I listened with amazement. The store owner turned a round knob and the voice changed. Listen to this, he said. This you are sure to enjoy. A soft, warm voice that somehow felt familiar drifted from that mysterious box. His name was Uncle Marcus and his radio program was just for children. I'd never heard of such a thing. Then, just when I thought, I could not be more surprised. He said the most amazing thing I had ever heard. Now, children, he whispered, you know that Christmas is near. That is the time that Julapuki, Santa Claus, comes to your home. We have been told that he lives at the North Pole, but this cannot be true. If he lived at the North Pole, what would his reindeer eat? Boys and girls, I believe I know where he lives. And it is in Finland. Yes, boys and girls, Finland, the land of elves, the land of reindeer. Finland, our home, is also home to Santa Claus. Just at that moment, my grandfather appeared. I could not wait to tell him what I had just learned. I Isoisa, did you hear that? He said that Santa Claus lives in Finland. Can you believe that, Grandfather? Oh, Nicholas, 
Maya Soisa said with a sigh. At times, I think you will believe anything, anything with a bit of magic in it, that is. It is time we were getting home. I so wanted to stay and hear from the storyteller in the black box, but our days were short indeed. We would be traveling in the dark as it was, and night travel was cold and frightening. The return trip was not dark at all, though. It was bright, lit by the revanchelet. That is when my grandfather decided to stop upon our hill and let the mystery of the day continue. Now all of it had been ruined. I watched the flames flicker back and forth across the logs I Soisa had placed within the chamber. After a while, my grandfather came in and sat beside me. We watched the fire together for a long time. As he softly touched my shoulder, I pulled away. I am sorry, Nicholas, but I cannot explain right now, he said. I have something that I must do. Please trust me that I love you, Nicholas, and only want what is best for you. Now, it is late, and you should be in bed. My bed sat on the far side of the fire, which warmed the blankets even before I slipped under the covers. As inviting as the toasty fabric was, I protested, stomping as I went. Isoisa paid scant attention to my tantrum, but turned instead and headed out the cabin door. Grandfather often split wood at night or tended the animals, so I assumed that was what he was off to do. My anger still burned as I lay in bed. The fire that night was bright, as if it shared my frustration. The brilliance from Ravanchelet poured in from the window. There was no way I could sleep. The room was filled with wave upon wave of warm, wandering light. Shadows floated across the wooden beams, taking on the most amazing shapes. Fox chased rabbit around the walls. Reindeer dashed beneath the table and then up and over the chair. Elves and fairies scurried around Isois's bed as the magic rays continued to brighten the room. Though Grandfather could be stern, even he could not expect me to sleep with such a show going on in our cabin. Had he ever seen the Ravanchula like this before, I wondered. I walked to the window and looked out towards the animals. The illuminated sky and sparkling white snow made it easy to see far out across the way. There was Isoisa, standing at the far side of the field next to our sturdy barn. He seemed to be beside a sleigh, but it was not our sleigh. As I watched, it became clear to me that he was talking with someone, his hands and arms moving in grand gestures toward the symphony of light that played across the horizon. As I stared into the evening, I could just make out the form of another. A fine team who stood surprisingly still was hitched to the front of the sleigh. Then, without warning, Grandfather turned and looked right at me, as if he had known that I was standing there in the window. Quickly, I ran to my bed as the door burst open in a splash of snow. I waited for the scolding I knew I deserved. Nicholas! Nicholas, get up! Get up! 
What are you doing in bed? My grandfather asked. The question caught me off guard. What was I doing in bed, I thought. Before I could answer, Isoisa grabbed my arm and pulled me from beneath the covers. Dress, dress, Nicholas, in your warmest coat. Put on all of your clothing beneath. For tonight, tonight, we will go on a great journey together. Oh, Nicholas, hurry. My grandfather sounded more like a boy at that moment than I had ever heard before, excitement rising with each word. Could it be that he had changed his mind? Had it something to do with the man in the sleigh? Would tonight be the night we traveled to find Ravangelat? I dressed in my best fur and boots as Grandfather filled the sack with bread and cheese. Together we ran from our tiny cabin as our animals looked on in disbelief. In, Nicholas, in! Climb up in the sleigh. I have someone very special for you to meet. My grandfather beckoned. The man in the sleigh seemed to wave a scolding finger at my Isoisa, which stopped me in my tracks. Oh, do not worry, Nicholas, my grandfather replied. I know what I am doing. Was my grandfather talking to me, or did he just call this man Nicholas? Nicholas? Nicholas! He burst, emphasizing each symbol. Meet Nicholas, my oldest and best friend. Oh, your grandfather is too kind, little one, came the deep reply from the stranger in the sleigh. But he certainly has the oldest part correct.